You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman, joined as always by Emily Cannell. Emily, what's your favorite food at a barbecue on this Memorial Day? Um, I really, well, mostly because I made it yesterday. I really like broccoli salad. I'm a big fan. Explain to me what, salad. what makes that uh, aside from broccoli. Um, it has bacon and like dried oh. cranberries and sunflower seeds and cheese in it. And then it's got Never like a creamy dressing on it. It's delicious. Never heard of this before once. It's good. It's a thing that exists. Google broccoli salad. It'll come up. Wow. Drew, what about you? I trust that you're pulling this up right now. I was thinking hot dog, hamburger, chicken, stuff like that. I've never heard of broccoli salad. Um, I like those things too, but I wanted to pick something fun. You know what I tried um, yesterday for the first time in my natural born life was macaroni salad. Mm, What'd you think? You know, I don't like, um, what's the white thing? Mayonnaise? Yes. Don't like that. I am a, I'm a huge, massive anti-mayo guy. It's one of my biggest character traits. Love it. Love it. Love it. See, what about Emily? Give me a mayonnaise. Mm. I like mayonnaise a lot. One of my favorite things to eat is just tomatoes with mayonnaise on them. And I just eat them like that. It's delicious. It mostly just tastes like or full tomatoes as if they're apples. No, I, I cut them. I slice them or I'll do like a cherry tomato and just like dip it in mayonnaise and eat it. It's delicious. Yeah. That's really that. No offense, not to yuck your yum, but that's really not doing it for me. Yeah, Drew just chimed in in the chat saying that is so nasty, LMAO. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Just not that I don't believe that, but that I wouldn't say that. Um, yeah, mayonnaise, white condiments in general are not my thing. I also hate ketchup. Hate you hate all condiments, though? No, no, love condiments, but they have to be just like, don't like all the sauce. normal ones. Correct. Love barbecue sauce, hot mm. sauce, mm. Um, soy sauce. Um, barbecue sauce and hot sauce don't do it for me. I don't like spicy things. Really? So you don't mm-hmm. like spicy things. That's why mayonnaise. What could be less spicy than mayonnaise? <laughs> it makes things less spicy all the time. Exactly. The it best. really nullifies any spice. Mm-hmm. Drew, give me your favorite condiment whenever you have a chance. 
Are pickles a condiment? No, decidedly not a condiment. Or just a topping? If you make them into relish, they would be a topping. Mm. Yeah. But you can put pickles, pickles on a pickles burger. Are a vegetable. But I put them on that a burger. You're thinking of relish. No, full slices of pickles. <sighs> yes, so you can do that, but as if you would put lettuce on a burger. Yes. We're running out of time on the episode, but yeah, that would be. This is what the be, people come for. This is what they, and this is on the pay, Patreon. Drew, favorite <laughs> condiment? Um, for a hot dog, it, it was kind of like my father's thing. Uh, I always remember at a Citizens Bank Park, we would get dollar dog night and then i would just put some sauerkraut on it real fast so that's my favorite Mm -hmm. for hot dogs and then for a burger i could it could be anything but pickles and mayo and i can be happy it Mm -hmm. just avoid those what are your thoughts of onion on a hot dog Ooh, not on a. I mean sauerkraut is like kind of similar to onion but um like a little bit if it's like with it, it has to be like loaded up like I like chili. raw onion on a hot dog. Yeah, if it if it's like loaded up with chili and stuff. Yeah, no, I'm just onions. No, yeah, no, not that. I'm anti. Chili's probably too spicy for it. No, I love chili. Chili's I only not spicy. I, I only eat it on hot dogs. I'm I have a very weird uh, palate, so yeah. Anyway, the Lakers this week hired a head coach who is not Doc Rivers. They went ahead and hired Darvin Ham. Hey, what do you think of Ham? In general? Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite meat. I like bacon, yeah. but I'm not like, I'm not going to get the ham sandwich. I'd rather get turkey. Hmm. Not a, I don't think I've ever had, well, I've had plenty of bacon, but we never, we, we never had like a ham Jewish. We never yeah. had like a, not that we're kosher, but we didn't, we never had like a big honking ham in the house um drew i don't know if you have uh, have something pressing to say about ham if you do (laughs) or darvin ham if you really do because i don't so Uh, anyway uh, all it is is that it's called pork roll not taylor ham in new jersey that's all i have to say Mm -hmm. yes that's true um anyway darvin ham gets hired he's the assistant on the bucks uh crushing uh, Sixers fans around the Delaware Valley that uh, Doc Rivers is not uh, going to be sent from Philadelphia back to Los Angeles in any sort of trade. Uh, this was a real blow. Uh, I really wanted him to get the fuck out, and he is not. Apparently, unless he coaches the Hornets, which I cannot imagine. Uh, I really, there have been no whispers about that, and I think if Doc is leaving the Sixers, like the, the Sixers' $8 million salary, he's going to go back to LA and play golf and see the restaurant managers that he loves. There was that Jake Fisher quote that he just loves these knowing these restaurant managers in LA. Um, so this, you know, last week, Emily, you said that you thought this was more Sixers fans prayer praying than anything. And I was, I think one of those fans praying uh, and more seduced by uh, these whispers than you. So anyway, Doc is going to be the coach uh, in all likelihood. You know, they're not going to fire him at this point, and I think they would have to do some, you know, golden parachute. You know, he's going to be in the front office at this point, which I really don't expect. I think, you know, everything that this, the team has said to reporters and, and said publicly has been there. Doc is part of the team, and, and he's the head coach, and they're they're going about the offseason regularly. Um, so, yeah, this was definitely more cultivated by – 
you know, a few whispers that the Lakers would like to have Doc, but he's not available. So he's, he's the coach. Um, were you disappointed by this as I was? Um, and what does this do for you going into next year? Like, for me, he's like the 15th best or 15th worst, how, depending on how you look at it, coach in the league. Um, I do think it's a shame that he's like going to be here because I think he's miserable. I think he's miserable to watch his press conferences. And like, he seems often like he would rather be doing anything else than coaching the Sixers. And I hate his quotes. I, he just seems completely unhappy to be around this team. Um, you know, I think if Joel wanted him out, he'd be out regardless of what his salary says. So I take some solace in that. Um, and I think that any possible advantage should be sought out. And I think that they could do way better than him. Also think they could do way worse than him. And, and he was not that bad in the playoffs, except for the DeAndre Jordan games, which were inexplicable. But mostly he's fine and will not be the reason they don't get to where they're going. But I'm bummed. I'm, I'm definitely bummed that he's going to be the coach. How do you feel? Yeah, same. I'm disappointed, I guess, but not surprised. Um, I expected him to be the coach next year. So it would have been great if he wasn't, but I, I thought that this is what we're going to look at. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. Like he's just kind of like a net net zero. Like he's not really doing anything to get us over the edge or he's not like actively crushing our chances. So it is what it is. The more frustrating thing for me is the one, like we have had, all of these coaches that are on like the Sixers coaching tree that have gone on to like prove to be like incredible head coaches and like have done things with teams like, you know, Doka and like Monty for the Suns. And like these, these guys were like on our bench and instead we have Doc Rivers. And I'm just like, I would rather have one of those guys that were already in house, like already knew our team. And then they just like don't get the chance because we need like Doc Rivers to be the head coach when I think either of those guys would have been better. Yeah. And you know, the other thing about Doc is that he's not inventive whatsoever in terms of trying different things. And he's very rigid in terms of what he does and doesn't do the people Paul stuff, the, you know, lack of experimenting is, is like a hallmark of what he's done for a long time. Uh, he won a title that was in 2008, you know, which is when Phillies won the World Series. It's like really hanging his hat on that title. I know. And and so is everybody. So is yeah. you know, that's like why the Lakers are interested in him. So it's like, you know, it's unbelievable. Um, the one thing I would say for Sixers fans is like, I, I would tell you to stop the fan fiction of Daryl is dying to fire Doc, but he's not allowed to. Like, stop it. Daryl like Doc and like if Daryl absolutely wanted to fire Doc he would fire Doc like he likes him like he he, he hired DeAndre or, or he signed DeAndre Jordan because he made a bad move he traded three seconds for George Hill he made a bad move like Daryl has some weird takes and he isn't perfect and like one of his takes is that he thinks Doc is a good coach and like Sixers fans tend to project all of their favorite takes onto Daryl because they like Daryl and all of the things they hate onto Doc because they hate Doc. And like, I don't think it's as black and white as that. Like, I don't think it's as, uh, 
you know, like, you know, everybody wants Doc gone and they have now pivoted to like, Josh Harris won't let Daryl fire Doc. And that's the only reason when they're paying Daryl like 12 million a year. And they now, now it's like they're handcuffing him to Doc Rivers, even though they just lost in the second round again. Like, I don't think so. Like, I really don't like every piece of messaging that we have from the team is that they're aligned and Daryl comes out after the year, of course, like what else is he going to say? But he says, I think Doc's a great coach. And like all of these moves that they've make have, and they've made have been like in, in alignment with each other. And like, uh, we haven't heard any acrimony between the two of them. And like, I just don't, you know, of course we all, you know, people who like Daryl historically would like to believe that Doc is this like, you know, evil force of nature that Daryl is working against all the time. I just don't think it's true. Like, I think that they're much more aligned than than Daryl's fans who go to Sloan and have him like sign their ass cheek would like to believe. Like, I, I just think that unfortunately, your favorite executive also likes Doc Rivers more than you do, and it's a shame. But uh, do you agree with that? And 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 do you think that like, you know? I think that like Harrison and uh, Maury are more aligned on this than people would like to believe. Yeah, I agree with that. I think if there was a real issue, then, you know, Daryl could find a way, but also like at the end of the day, like, yeah, doc, we don't like doc, whatever, but like, I don't know if you're, if the thing that's making or breaking your team is the head coach and not like the roster construction or the players, like, I think that you have a, you, there's bigger problems here. Like it's not, doc is not going to be the one or any head coach, your favorite coaching hire is not going to be the thing that gets the Sixers to the finals. Yeah. So it is what it is. Like we can be annoyed at doc and the things he does, but there's bigger problems with the team and the roster than doc that I would rather them figure out than, you know, fire doc and have to pay all this money and get a new, like it's, that's not what's important, I guess. So. Yeah. I I mean, James Harden played like he couldn't give a fuck in that game six. Like that's like a bigger issue. And like, there's a lot that I I wish doc did differently just in general and and his disposition or, or whatever, but like, the best players need to be better. Like I wish Joel was healthier. You know, it's obviously these were like two freak accidents that happened to him in this playoff run. But like there are things that that need to happen outside of the head coach in professional sports that um you know, I'm I'm not really sweating as much as I am you know, doc. So yeah, I I'm bummed that he's the that he's still the coach, but I need the second best player, the the superstar that we traded for to play like a star. You know, that's the bigger issue. And there's also really been nothing out from any players that have even had like under like pinnings of like, they don't like playing for doc. Like everyone on the team seems fine with it. So it's also like, why are we rocking a boat that like might just not need to be rocked? Like, you know, cause we need something to talk about, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, cause there's could be untapped, potential that it's like if this is meh like maybe there's a guy who's great or or a woman who's great who who we could bring in to unlock something more and maybe that's true you could also get somebody worse or or who's incompetent whatever i think that probably at the end of the day daryl and the sixers 
ask Joel or ask Harden or Maxi or whomever. And they were like, no, that's fine. Like, we just need to get our shit together. And that's probably the case, you know? Yeah. And, and Doc was like, unless they trade for me, which I'd love, you know, <laughs> I'll keep making my money and I'm not in the business of giving back money. Anyway, um, the NBA announced their all NBA teams this year. And for the second year in a row, I'm going to lose my fucking mind <laughs> because Joel Embiid is named to the second team all NBA. The first team is uh, Nicole Jokic, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, uh, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, and Jason Tatum, while Joel is on the second team with John Morant, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and DeMar DeRozan. Now, in the voting breakdown, uh, Jason Tatum had 49 total points for the first team, while Joel had 57. Uh, Joel had 43 points for the second team, while Jason had 47. Uh, Tatum had four points for the third team. Uh, in total points, Joel had 414, and Tatum had 390. So how this ends up happening is that Joel's points were split between center and forward, and uh, Tatum's uh, were, were just on forward that he was only voted as a forward, so they were uh, completely aligned on the forward spot. So he beat Joel in points at the first team forward spot, whereas Joel's, uh, most of them were for the first team center spot, and Jokic had more first team center votes there. Now, of course, I think Joel should have been the first team center. I think that he should have been the MVP. I think that he's a better player than Jokic. Um, If we concede that, I won't. If we concede that, he should be on the first team because he was the second best player in the NBA this year. He was second, he was second in MVP voting. Um, NBA writers, many of whom we think are smart and uh, respect their writing, like Zach Lowe, uh, or uh, I don't know who else uh, we can name exactly, but they are clutching their pearls about, well, the sanctity of these positions, which we love so much, we cannot possibly put Joel as a forward because he doesn't play forward. So when they play this game, the first team playing the second team and everybody getting together and they put on their shoes and they play each other, who's Joel going to guard? Well, he could guard the forwards just fine. I'm not worried about that. What are we talking about? Like they're acting like this is so important that, that Joel needs to be like, like, like Joel absolutely needs to be listed as a center because he plays center, but isn't it more important that we recognize him properly with like, is he a first teamer or is he a second teamer? Like, and they act like we've got no signal that he needs to be listed as a forward. The signal that the NBA gave these writers, these voters, is that they told them he can be listed as a forward when he's absolutely not a forward. You know what I mean? Like, they said, you can list Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic as forwards, even though neither of them are forwards. So there's your, there you go, guys and girls. There's your signal. They're saying you can list those guys as forwards to cheat, to, to, to screw with the system just so that you can make them on the first team because they both deserve it because they're incredible and they just had incredible years. So go ahead, put them on the first team. You can make them forwards. We know they're not forwards. Put them on the first team. There you go. Now, Dan, 
Dan, I think, will be with us next week. Dan, I know, believes that if this were reversed, if Joel had the better year uh, in their, in these voters' eyes than Jokic, this would not be happening, and that Jokic would have gotten this break, and they would have put Jokic, they would have joined hands across America and put Jokic, you're going to talk soon, Emily, I swear. They're going to put Jokic as, as the second team, or as the first team forward. But for Joel, they will not make this concession. They will punt him to the second team because who cares? Uh, I think it's total bullshit. I think that, again, the NBA is, is signaling to them that we are okay. Trust me. It is, it, God will not look at you any worse. You will be judged at the gates of heaven uh, just fine. I swear. Everything will be okay at the end of the day. Uh, if you put Joel Embiid as a forward, because we said you can list him at forward, just as you list Bam Adebayo as a forward on your defense team, uh, it's absolute horseshit. Put him as a forward because the NBA said you could just to get the best players on the first team. Uh, Jason Tatum, friend of the program, said that it doesn't make any sense why Joel, even though it's his spot, even though Tatum knows that it's his spot that Joel would have, Tatum said it doesn't make any sense why Joel would be uh, on the second team as the uh, second best player in the league. Emily, your thoughts? Um, I agree. It's just so ridiculous. What I don't even understand, and I, we've talked about this before, is why there need to be positions for these teams. They are not teams that play in any type of tournament. Like, this is not now, like, the Olympic team. Like, this is nothing. So, like, why can we not just vote for the five best players and that's your first team because I really do think that probably nine times out of ten it's gonna end up being like two guards two forward center like it's right. gonna end up like that so like what like there's it's not gonna be five centers they're the five best players in the NBA are not five centers it's not five guard like there's no reason for it so I don't like if this have well I guess this is like part of Dan's argument too like this has happened to Joel two years in a row like is that not enough to get them to change it if it happened to yoga two years in a row would they change it like I don't know but like something it just does it doesn't make any sense like he was runner-up for MVP voting what two years in a row and they made this like he's the second best quote-unquote second best player in the league but you're like, he can't be on the first team. It doesn't make it like that doesn't make any sense. No, no sense is made here. It just drives me crazy. Like, because if, if the NBA said you can only list him at center, then part of me would be like, well, that sucks because they're going to give the MVP to Jokic and their hands are tied because they think that guy had the better year. But the NBA is letting you list him as forward and you're saying that we're like so pious that we, we, we shan't, we cannot put him as a forward because it's, it's sacrilege. We, we mustn't do that, even though the NBA, the people who are in charge of this sort of thing are telling us we can. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Um, there was also uh, MVP voted like the the voters the people who voted for this uh were released which i wish they did this in other 
like what if the oscar voters were released it's like it's like be so fun. judy dench vote for for best actor it's like she snubbed <laughs> will smith and then he's smacking everybody um so who did uh who did you want to mention here uh, that we hate now well i did say that there's a certain guest quote unquote friend oh, no, of the podcast oh, yeah we do have to <laughs> talk about this yeah who Go ahead. I have never had the pleasure of talking to and you say I right. just don't like him for some reason but I think deep in my heart I knew that our guy Sam Amick from The Athletic voted Joel third in MVP and I think that's a tough pill yeah. to swallow as a two-time guest for this podcast so listen I think Dan and I might need to come up with a a joint statement on this because Sam had Joel third here and it's tough it's it's a bad take of Sam's and I think we'll have to have Sam make an official statement on the podcast uh if he's not banned which we'll we'll also have to decide um but it's a bad take and I think we'll have to hold his feet to the fire on this one Sam's been great to us and uh you know pre-trade deadline we I, but listen Emily smelled it out from day one, you know, Emily knew, uh, but not good. Were there any other surprises? Keith, Keith, uh, another friend of the podcast, had Joel number one, right? Yes, he's allowed yeah. to stay. Um, yeah. I'm trying, I'm pulling him up right now. There, I also looked, there was a good amount of um, Tyrese Maxey, most improved player, first place votes. Okay. That I thought was very cool. Great. Um, and not just like, I mean, Keith didn't even have him first. Like Kevin Arnovitz from ESPN had Tyrese first, Chris oh, Broussard. Nice. Um, I'm just like looking like some people were like local people, but of like bigger name, like national guys. Mm. Um, so good for Tyrese. He had a good amount of votes. He, I mean, we love him. Mm. He had a great season. Let's see. Yeah. But yeah, that was my, for the voters, that was my big, my big shock there with Sam it's tough it's tough uh you know maybe uh, some sort of clerical error maybe mm. it was a mistake uh an accounting error uh but Giannis who had Middleton and drew the whole year uh I just can't and and also is asked to do so much less on defense I you know I can't I can't I can't really reconcile it um the last thing before a break and before we uh, do a Tobias Harris season review uh, is that, you know, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but during the Miami series with Boston, uh, which of course followed the Heat beating the Sixers uh, in six games, Joel was on Twitter uh, and was talking about Jimmy Butler. And uh, he tweeted during a game that Miami was losing. Miami needs another star. Uh, Boston just has too many weapons. And then when he saw the Sixers' reaction to that, which was, of course, fretting that Joel was flirting with the idea of going to Miami to play with his best friend, Jimmy Butler, he said, okay, y'all are stupid, LMAO, with some crying laughing faces. And then when Butler went off for 47 the other night, he said, mama, there goes that man. Um... I would like to know if you care at all about this. I, I Joe's really smart and he knows what he's doing. And I also think that he might just be fucking around and I, I'm not worried about this in any real way whatsoever. Like I don't, I guess I just, 
to me, it's like it was a while ago now that Butler was here and also many front offices ago now that that screw up decision was made. Um, kind of feels like enough with the Butler stuff. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. Like, I really would love him to assert his power in the organization a lot and, and steer this in the way that he would like it to go in terms of whatever he wants to happen with Harden and, and uh, player personnel decisions. I think he's earned that. And I think that he really should, you know, have this go the way he wants it to go at his age and, and with his influence in the league. Um, I guess I just think a, a little bit of the lusting after uh, the guy who was here seems like, needling a little bit unnecessarily i i really don't think it's a big deal like the marcus hayes column you can just completely fucking who cares that um so yeah i i'm not worried about it at all i just think it's it might be a little bit kind of i don't know if beneath him is the word but like a little bit unnecessary at this point for this particular topic like like the butler thing feels a bit like played out at this point uh given that Butler also just kicked them out of the playoffs. Like, I don't know. It seems, it seems like he could choose a different sort of fun troll topic to go on right now. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. But also part of me is like, yes, Joel's smart and he knows what he's doing. But then I can't help but think like, maybe he was just watching basketball and was tweeting about it. Like players tweet about other series all the time. And like, their friends and like this is happening and of course he's going to watch Jimmy Butler's game like they're very good friends um so like to say that they need another star like I don't think that's like an out of left field comment um like but he does it's hard to say because you don't want to be like downplaying like he does do this all the time and so I I almost think that that's what people jump to thinking he's doing it on purpose when in actuality I mean he really could have just been watching basketball and like commenting that Jimmy like needs another guy. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I mean, cause, but like immediately when the series ended, he's, he's doing like another postmortem about how much he loves Butler and wishes he was still there. And, um, which is all true. Of course we all do, you know, we all wish that went the other way, uh, back then. Uh, so yeah, you know, I guess, yeah, I, I, it's, I don't think it's a big deal. What's, like, no, nobody should be worrying about Joel's wandering eye at all. Like, I, I, if anything, I think it's maybe a little, like, unnecessary, you know, for this one topic. Um, but again, I, I really do, you know, not on Twitter necessarily, but I really would love to see him, like, get involved with Daryl and, uh, you know, help, you know, define exactly what kind of team he wants around him and and if that's Harden then like get Harden off his ass and figure out like what needs to happen in order for a game like game six to not happen but yeah anyway you know I don't I'm not worried about that and, and listen maybe if he's getting Butler back then, then there you go uh, yeah so anyway we are going to take a break and when we come back we're going to uh review uh, Tobias Harris over me, Tobias Harris, uh, his season in review, and uh, talk about his contract situation with Drew uh, and uh, his stats from the year and look ahead to the offseason with Tobias and, uh, and, and next year. He's still here. Uh, here's a break. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're back and uh, we're welcoming Drew back in and uh, we're going to talk about Tobias. First, some overarching thoughts. It was a weird year. For Tobias Harris, uh, I thought mostly he was not very good for most of the year. Um, he was, uh, he was, uh, you know, he was bad for a lot of the year. He had a thing with the fans where he said uh, uh, they were booing him in the game, and then he made a shot and he said, "Don't clap." And the fans were like, "What should we do? Should we boo? Should we clap?" He said, "Neither." Um, so I, it's a weird, it's a weird thing with Tobias. I, you know, he's, he's, I guess in a tough spot because he makes so much money, but he's also just really underperforming for much of this year. Um, they trade for Harden. Uh, there, there were all those rumors, uh, at, around the deadline that they were going to dump him onto OKC, which was, a, I, I think at some point a veiled threat that they were just going to sign Harden outright, uh, this summer. Um, so, you know, I didn't think he was very good. I thought his defense was horrible earlier in the year. I thought it was really bad. Like, I remember Royce O'Neal just blowing by him in the Jazz game uh, a bunch of times, which was so weird to see. They trade for Harden, and he has a really bad adjustment period where he just looked – he was just dribbling into nothing over and over and over again. And then at the end of the year, he really figured it out. He started hitting shots. He started sh- shooting quicker. And it was like, listen, we're not getting what we paid for with Tobias, and we probably never will. But he's fitting in, and he's like he figured out his place among this core, where Maxi and Harden and Joel are really, you know, kind of the stars here. But but Tobias has figured out his role. He plays great defense against Toronto, was a key in that series. Um, in Miami, has some good games, and then you know the the last you know games five and six, nobody plays well, and it all ends there. Emily, what did you think just overall before we get into the numbers uh, about Tobias this year? Yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, I think he his like offensive production year is like the lowest it's been in like six or seven years. Um, he just has those games where you, he's so like, it's not even streaky. It's just like inconsistent where he'll have like a good game and then a terrible game and then two good games and then five terrible games. And it's like, it's not even like a consistent streak where you can at least like benefit from the hot hand because it's just like inconsistent um I agree like his defense wasn't great 
if he had played like he played in the Heat and the uh, Toronto series all season, I would be extremely happy, but that wasn't it. Um, he didn't like step up enough that we needed him to in the absence of Ben. Um, now they do the same things, but just like you need when someone, when you lose a guy like that, you need someone to step up in other ways to do the things that they do and do them better. And I don't feel like he did that. Um, and he just makes too much money, which is not his fault, but it is what it is. Drew, uh, take us through Tobias's numbers this year. His points per game this year was 17.2, which was his lowest mark in obviously since he joined the Sixers, but even going back to, I think, 2016, which is crazy. Um, he shot, he didn't shoot that poorly. He shot 48% and 36% from three, which um, he was worse in the 2018 Sixers season, which um, I think was the Al Horford year, if I'm not mistaken, or the Jimmy year. But um, he is making a lot of money, which we all know. But his structure in the contract is extremely weird because next year he's making 37 million. And then in 2023, 24, he's making 39 million. He's making more money the next year, but it'll be easier to trade him if he only has one year left. So it comes down to what other teams are going to do. In my opinion, I don't think, Daryl's going to be on the forefront, like shopping Toby. I think he's going to look to see what Phoenix does, see what like OKC does and other teams around the league uh, during free agency uh, before he makes a decision on Toby. And I think he wants to figure out the Harden contract too. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, he's certainly by pretty much every measure, he's off a down year. The Toronto series is good in terms of just like, showing up in his role, which is a lesser role, um, and just playing well and sort of introducing himself as a defensive-minded player uh, for however however brief. It was very impressive. Um, but at this point, uh, it's really just a matter of, like, what can they do? And, and part of the issue with Tobias has been, like, he does have importance to the Sixers and, like, what he brings to the team they've needed from time to time. Now, assuming they keep Maxi improving and, and Harden here and Joel, they might need that a little bit less and they might prefer, you know, somebody in the PJ Tucker, Jay Crowder archetype. Um, but they still have value in that. So, so I don't think that they really just want to dump it into, into cap space because they still won't have caps. You know, it's not like you dump the, the Harris contract and then all of a sudden you have 40 million to spend on whoever you want. Yeah. Because they, they're still going to pay hard and you still have everybody else. So uh, it's very tricky because you want to, if you're trading him, you want to get guys back who you're going to use. And it's hard to do that unless you attach stuff to him. So it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, Cause I don't think they want to pay to get off more stuff. Cause you just paid with Ben in the price of two picks uh, and Curry, who's a who's a contributor. So, you know, as much as personally, I'd like to trade him because of the contract and just because I, I don't think that what he does best, which is honestly have the ball in his hands more and not be a standstill guy and, and, and you know, 
he's not really a defense first guy. And I think that, you know, in that position, you'd rather have a guy who's just kind of like on fire to guard everybody. Um, I wish that, I wish that there was a world where you can break that contract up into two role players who are just really happy to be there around this core. I have a hard time finding that deal out there. So to me, it's, it's, it's difficult to find a way that he's not on the roster next year. Um, now, over the next couple of days, Brooklyn is going to decide whether or not to guarantee or to defer the Sixers pick. It, all the reports are saying that they're likely to do that. So the Sixers are going to have pick number 23 this year, and maybe that helps uh, in terms of uh, something to give away with Tobias. I, I don't think they'll be really eager to do that because I think they want to do other stuff too. Uh, Emily, where are you at on that? Like, what, you know, in terms of Tobias this offseason and going into next year, like, this really wasn't a year that he rehabilitated a ton of value. What happened was that his contract lost a year on it, you know, so that helps. Uh, but it's still not something that teams are, I don't think, going to be dying to take on. Yeah, I think it'll take a lot of like creative front officing from Daryl to get off of this Tobias contract, which I think is something that he is good at and kind of one of the reasons that the Sixers hired him um but I don't I don't know who's taking it on I would like to get off of it like I've said I just want to turn Tobias into like two good contributing like bench players honestly I thought would be fine to me because our bench is so like depleted and shallow but I don't know if it's going to happen because I don't know who wants to take that on. And I don't know enough stuff about contracts and trades and all that to like make it happen. The other route, really, if you just want to think about a swap is like Tobias for another bad contract. But I don't really think the Sixers are in the business of doing that because the other bad contracts that you look at around the league are like John Wall or... Russell Westbrook it's like they're not doing that shit like you know they're not going to bring in Russell Westbrook to dribble the air out of the ball and put him with Harden again or, or take the ball out of Maxi's hands and if they so if they if they did the Westbrook thing they're buying him out um but again I, I don't really think that and and that's provided the Sixers aren't paying and and the Lakers really aren't going to pay to do that um at least not much uh, John Wall hasn't played basketball in like 18 months. Uh, and then even in his highlight reel on Instagram, he can't jump. So I don't, I don't really think that there's anything there. Gordon Hayward, the Sixers would definitely do. Like Gordon Hayward's still yeah. a good player. He's not healthy much, but I don't think Charlotte's doing that. Um, so I, you know, I don't really see it. I, you know, we've been surprised before. Nobody thought James Harden was coming to the Sixers, you know, six months ago. So, I, you know, Drew, is there anything out there that you see when you try to think about the league that uh, could make sense? Like, I, I just wish I could think of the team that, like, is a Tobias away from maybe not contending, but just getting closer to where they want to go or has too many guys. Like, Memphis is a team that people always think has too many guys. Like, they just have a bunch of young guys that, you know, like Kyle Anderson would look good uh, on the Sixers, good defender, is, and, and they have I, his nickname is Slow Mo. I don't think we need it's another true. slow we need player. To get slow. <laughs> we need to get slow. It's a big offseason thing. Um, DeAnthony Melton's over there. Uh, you know, like uh, you know, are there teams around the league that you think could could use Tobias and also have a couple contracts that would make sense? 
Well, I would definitely, I don't know if like Memphis would be willing to shop a lot of guys just because they still have Morant on his, I think, rookie deal. So they have a, a window right now that a lot of teams don't have. Um, I don't know how in terms of how many of those guys they can keep. So maybe we can poach a couple off. But in terms of big names and expensive, I think the only one I'm hearing at all is Bradley Beal. And because Joel has his history with him, but trying to trade Toby to Washington, they have, was what it, Kuzma, Porzingis, Hachimura, like they're filled with forwards. I don't, I honestly don't see to Toby being traded um, unless it's for like an Al Horford, Horford contract type of deal with the Thunder. But I think the Thunder are the only team. Yeah. So, and, and when you talk about the Thunder, it's, it's a dump, you know, it's like a salary yeah. dump and, and the Thunder are not even, they're not getting out of bed unless you give them a pick. So give them a pick. And then for them, they'll give you like, a young guy or, or somebody who might help uh, over here, but really you're getting, you're saving some money and you're, and, but you're, you're also changing some of the nucleus of the team, which I think there, there's value in that. Um, so I'm not opposed to that, but really it's, it's like, who are you, who are you giving me that could help reshape the core? Because I do think that it could use a, a, a refresher here. I think it would be more likely um, if he plays poorly in the first half of the season that we could see him moved at the deadline because looking at a one and a half year contract versus two years is way different for teams that I'm pretty sure it's what AD did obviously Toby is not the same kind of player that AD is but um, similar in that aspect that they're getting paid tons of money so for a on-looking team you see one and a half years although he's playing poorly maybe like the Kings or someone the Trailblazers have like someone that they can exchange back that's a little bit too expensive yeah i mean you know of course everybody talks about it. he's a good locker room guy they're, they're, I, I believe all of that but also at the end of the year they're they all admitted including tobias that they had a lack of effort in the end of the series and like that's unacceptable and i think that, that falls on joel and doc and tobias as well it's like what happened you know, so so I do think there's a problem uh, inherently uh, with with whatever is going on there. So I, I would be disappointed. Uh, of course, I think that they could have could need more time together, but I would be disappointed to just see all of the main pieces completely come back together. You know, like I want to see Maxi, I want to see Joel, I want to see. Uh, I'm sort of resigned that we're going to see Harden. I do not want him on the max, but I, I'm you know something around the 150 or whatever um but they got to change something you know and i don't want it to just be like fucking jeff green's here we're back you know like they've got it they've got to do more than that but i i do concede that it's 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 not easy to find a, a tobias trade partner so we're gonna see anything else on uh, on tobias before we get out of here that's it uh well thank you guys for listening uh follow da pelts 13 uh gastro blues pod third and girl the steve j Lipman, the youtube the gastro blues pod sixers podcast and uh that's it we love you we'll be back with you next week enjoy your long weekend and uh be safe and be great and we'll uh we'll talk to you next time goodbye 
First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.